change the way they pray. Now, I'm looking for 60, and I've only got two more messages on this, so you know what that means. More messages on the tongue until I get at least 60 people telling me they've changed the way they speak or the way they pray. Somebody is actually putting quarters in a jar every time they speak a death word. They're going to give it to me and I'm going to Burger King. No, I'm not. Okay. So last week... um, You know, I'd encourage you to listen to all these messages on the sword of the Spirit. This is part three, and it's going on the screen right now. Ha! Ooh, look at that. So last week it was, don't let out the monster. This week we start focusing on let the glory or the life. Life is in the power of the tongue. Come out of your mouth. Um, So did you keep your monster cage this week? Good. Did you starve them some? Maybe shoot some arrows and bullets, grenades, toss a few grenades in there. All right, so here we're going to review. In case you missed last week, we'll review quickly. Rhonda says she can't think of one time that I let the monster out this week, so I did better. All right. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. That puts a little bit of fear in me, okay? It makes me want to really put a guard over my mouth. Verse 37, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, if I could get all the people that just slightly have to pee to go now, if you just slightly have to, and you can't make the service, youth, if you slightly need, or you need a drink, you're just dying, you'll probably pass out if you don't get a drink, please... Oh, give me a break. I'd rather have it be now than... You should have notes in your bulletins. Okay. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If you love, is love an emotion? Not necessarily. If you do death words, you will eat the fruit of death words. If you love life words, you will eat that fruit. What's the all-time favorite line? God knows my heart. God knows my heart. Okay, trying to get rid of that mentality out of you. God never once says he knows your heart. He says he knows your works. The Bible says you'll know them by their works or by their fruits. That's how you'll judge, not by what's in their heart. Okay, we can all feel things. So here's what we've done with this. Well, God knows my heart is always used right before someone confesses to something they really didn't mean to do or say. Well, Jesus says you really did mean to say or to do it because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or sometimes we'll use it for other people. God knows they have a good heart is used right before or after we try to excuse the behavior of somebody we love. But Jesus said this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It speaks both defiling words and it speaks words that heal and bring life. Remember, how do we speak? Four different ways we speak. We say it, our volume says it, our tone says it, and our body language says it. When someone says, I don't know why I keep saying hurtful things, I don't mean it. Well, according to Jesus, you do mean it and it came out of your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Another big belief in our culture today is if you feel it in your heart, you need to say it. Jesus says, no, no, no. All right? Proverbs says it this way, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds it back. I've shared this with you before. If I told Cheryl every single stupid thing that ever went through my mind, we would have been divorced 30 years ago. I don't tell her every dumb thought that goes through my brain. Well, I'm feeling this way. No, no, no. I beat that to death with the word of God, okay, until I can say life words. Now, Jesus said this. Everyone's done. No one will be getting up now. Isn't that wonderful? Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. We would think, well, it's already in there. We might as well say it. No, Jesus says, if it's in here and you say it, it further defiles you. It corrupts you and it corrupts the people that hear what it is that you're saying. What we allow out defiles us. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. I become what I allow out. I give you all kinds of examples of this. I become what I allow out. Young people, Cassie, I got you. You're in big church now, okay? I become, if I let out gossip, I become a gossiper. If I let out lies, I become a liar. If I let out flirts, I become a flirter. If I let out complaints, I become a complainer. If I let out praise, I become, if I let out encouragement, I become an encourager, all right? So I grow sin by giving voice to it. But guess what? I can grow righteousness by giving voice to it, all right? So I become what I allow out. Now, if words can harm, can they heal? The Bible says words can heal. If words can do untold damage, they could release untold glory because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Then I took you through James. I'm not going to do that again. And then I gave you the comment, why am I talking about death words? I thought I was going to teach on the sword of the Spirit. Here's why. We can't take up the sword of the Lord until we throw out and throw down demonic swords, fake swords, swords of the flesh. And the f- You can't carry two swords. There's a shield and a sword. You cannot carry a, 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 a death sword and carry a life sword at the same time. You cannot do it. So this is why I went after this last week was so that we could throw down death words. We must make room for the sword of the Lord. We can't carry both at the same time. So you and I will never pick up and use the sword of the Lord until we smash all these other ones. All right, so let's just take a walk through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs says a whole lot about the tongue. Proverbs 4.24, put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Proverbs 10.11, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be ouch. 
The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. Through the blessings of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever. A lying tongue lasts only a moment. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. A fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. To his soul. The lips of impact the soul. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. You know that verse. verse. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from trouble. A lying tongue hates those it hurts, and a flattering mouth works ruin. He who rebukes a man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. <sighs> okay, that's a lot of verses, huh? Proverbs talks a whole lot about our tongue. So let's pray. Jesus, you're doing it. Yeah, you've started a virus, and there's no antidote for it. A virus that's going to clean and purify our tongues. And Lord, we ask you, we invite you, we want you to cut out. We want you to purify. We want the fire of God on our tongue. We want to learn how to use the sword of the Spirit, which comes out of our mouth. That is the sword. And I pray we would be equipped. We pray a blessing upon every church in the valley. And Lord, awaken your bride in this valley to shine brightly. And bless our leaders in this land. Bless, uh, Lord, even leaders in other nations that are dealing with this, this uh, rise of jihad. And, Lord, what's going on? And we just pray for wisdom. We pray for guidance for our leaders to know what to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to tell you something. I am learning with you. All right? I am, I am working this stuff into my life as I walk through this with you. I'm part of the, the 25 people that has, is changing some things. Now, for me, I've been a death word avoider for a good decade. I better be since I preach about it so much. But, and occasionally I have a, the spirit of stupid come on me and I say something death-wise, okay? But, um, but what I'm focusing on right now is, is declaring things that aren't remotely true at the present, but they're the truth. You'll understand that by the end. There are only two points that I'm looking for in this four weeks, maybe longer, on the sword of the Spirit. Stop all death words. Go overboard on life words. That's it. That's all I'm after. Why is it taking me four weeks? I don't know. It's either I'm slow or you're slow. Or we're both slow. 
Now, last week we ended with this verse. Let your conversation be always full of grace. Always full of grace. Seasoned with salt. Have you ever had something that wasn't seasoned with salt? Not the same. Okay? So that you... Popcorn without salt. Come on. That ain't popcorn. Butter and salt, okay? Uh, So that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, that's what it says. Is everybody listening? Oh, good. Let your conversation... Notice it doesn't say, let your conversation be full of grace. That would be good, right? It doesn't say that. So that you may know how to answer someone somewhere. It doesn't say that. It also doesn't say this, let your conversation be of grace. Well, that's pretty good, but it's not what it says. It says this, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. I don't know about you, but that's a bunch of grace. That's a, mun- that's a bunch, a bunch of grace. The ideal is overflowing grace words always to everyone. I've shared this story with you, but uh, there was, um, when I was in school two years ago, uh, there was a girl in the class that a lot of the people didn't like, just because of certain things, I don't want to say. But, and one day while we were studying at Starbucks, they said, Michael, we need to talk to you. And they said, why are you nice to so-and-so? And I said, I'm nice to everyone. And, and one of the young men said, you are. You're the nicest man I've ever met. Now, what that told me, and that doesn't always happen, but what that told me was I was able to release grace so that my classmates could see I was a really nice person and I liked everybody. Okay, I was friends to everybody. Um, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It comes out of your mouth because it's in your heart. Kindness comes out of your mouth because it's in your heart. Grace comes out of your mouth because it's in your heart, if it's in your heart. Guys, do we understand how kind God is? Do we understand how gracious God is? God should have snuffed me out a thousand times. He should have snuffed me out 10,000 times. But not only did he not snuff me out, he loves me. He loves me. His grace on me, when I receive it, I give it. But when I get hard on me, I get hard on you. But when I receive his grace, I give his grace. Grace has to be more than a song to you. It has to be more than, it has to be more. Because see, if grace isn't in here, you know what comes up? Irritation. Annoying. Okay? Rude comments. I got to get away. But when grace is in here, it will come out of you. And the only way grace can get in you is if you're overwhelmingly grateful. Being grateful will cause grace to come out of you. 
So if you don't have, if you're not known as a nice, grace-filled person, it's because you're not very grateful. Because being grateful will make you gracious. It will. Because God has forgiven me tens of thousands of times. He has forgiven me. Grace is so amazing. Grace is, is teaching me. Grace sustains me. Grace enables me. And when I'm grateful for grace, it comes out of me. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Do you know how good Jesus is? And it's not based upon stuff, because most Christians in the last 2,000 years have not had stuff. They've had persecution and difficulty. I'm talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about forgiveness of sin. I'm talking about knowing your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Therefore, you can endure anything and everything because you know where you're going. Here's the truth. The more you appreciate grace, the more grace words flow from you. I could go home right now. If you could just get that, just that. But I got a lot more. All right. Uh, Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thus, righteous and righteous words and words full of grace come out because of the abundance of his righteousness and grace bouncing around on the inside of me. All right, so you ready for this? What? Okay. If your heart is full of gratitude, it will be full of grace. Um. James, can you come up here and sit by my dad? Come on. Come on. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to move someone else too. It's good to have the youth back in the service, but I want you to listen when I'm talking. All right. So. And it will leak. And it will leak. (laughs) If your heart is full of gratitude, you will be full of grace, and it will leak. If you and I will get grateful, the tongue will change automatically. If you and I will get grateful, the tongue will automatically begin to change. But you know what? If your heart has fear, you will gravitate towards fearful news and fearful events and fearful what-ifs. If your heart has fear, you'll be drawn to that. If your heart is filled with gratitude, you'll be drawn to grace. If your heart has lust for whatever, you will find your mind and your affections going towards that lust, whether it's for money or sexual things or or whatever it is. That will become part of your speech or your focus. Now, are you ready for the next one? What if, by choice, you forced words out of your mouth that weren't in your heart? Have you ever said you were sorry and you didn't feel it at all, but you said it? And what got released into the situation? Often grace got released into it because a gentle answer turns away wrath, Proverbs 15. What if by choice you forced words out of your mouth that weren't in your heart? Could that change your heart? Absolutely. Ephesians 5.18, speaking to yourself. Did you know you could preach to yourself? I preach every day of the week to myself. Speaking to yourself. 
the words of God, the thoughts of God, speak to yourself. Because when you speak words, faith comes by hearing. And if you will say the words of God, it will come back and start putting life inside of you. That's not magic. That's not a formula. It's the sword of the Spirit coming out of your mouth And it's releasing life, not only into people who hear it, but into people who hear it. Absolutely. Now, when I was doing this part, I had this this thing come into my mind, but I'm not there yet. Go back. There we go. All right. Forget that part. Um, now, saying the right words when everything is, uh, here's a good word for you, hunky-dory, oh, is no big deal. But when you say words that you don't feel at all, now that's faith. That's believing God over your feelings. Believing God over your feelings. That's what begins to produce life when you're feeling death on the inside or fear or doubt or condemnation or rejection. Speak the opposite. I want you to remember that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of opposites. It's opposite of what we think. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. The kingdom is opposite of what you would think. If you want to be great, what must you become? A servant of all. That's backwards. That's opposite. If you want to be first, you'll be last. And if you want to be last, you'll be first. It's a kingdom of opposites. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted. Exalt yourself, and you'll be humbled. It's a kingdom of opposites. Give, and you'll have less. That would be the natural. But it's give, and it will be given back to you. It's a kingdom of opposites. The kingdom of God is opposite of how we typically do business on planet Earth. It's a kingdom of opposites. So, when I was doing that part of the sermon, this word, this, this sentence came into my brain, shout for joy. And I thought, shout for joy. Now, wait a minute. I've read, that, I've read these verses all my life, and I never caught the four. I always thought it was shout because you have joy in your heart. That's what I thought it always was saying. But it jumped out at me that it was shout for joy. Pay for gas, then you'll get the gas. Pay for food at the supermarket, then you get to eat. Propose, then you get married. You don't get married and then propose. It's shout for joy. Is that an instruction? Would you like us to do that now? No. And, and I realized in my way of thinking, I was always thinking, shout because joy is in your heart or shout because you're happy. But the phrase was shout for You do something, and you get something in return. So if you would say, I don't hardly have any joy, the Bible tells you to shout for joy. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have redeemed. Sing for joy. Need some joy? Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Come, let us 
Sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. But your dead will live. Their bodies will rise. You who dwell in the dust, wake up and shout for joy. I don't want to shout for joy. I'm in the dust. I'm I'm, I'm in the dirt. But shout for joy. Your dew is like the dew of the morning, and the earth will give birth to her dead. Sing for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, O earth beneath. Burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all your trees, for the Lord has redeemed Jacob. Shout for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth, burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices, together they shout for joy, period. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. They shouted before he returned. I would shout after he returns, but they shouted for joy before he returned. Then there's this verse, which we went over this a while ago, but... I love this verse. Sing, O barren woman. Now again, barrenness was considered a curse at this time. There was nothing to rejoice about if you were barren. You were typically discarded. Your husband could divorce you. You could have nothing. But it said, sing, O barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. Before! The babies are coming. It's almost like shout and you'll get pregnant. <laughs> Spirits are pregnant. Okay. Shout for joy. You who were never in labor because more are the children of... Hey, I got, there's more to that verse. There are, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. There's more spiritual children that comes when you learn to shout for joy, sing for joy. We're talking about the sword of the spirit. The sword, the sword in the, the sword of the spirit is always opposite of what we think in the natural mind. It doesn't make sense to us. His ways are higher. His thoughts are, uh, you know, his ways and thoughts are higher. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical, Mr. Spock. It's not logical, but to God, our rational thinking is irrational. Walking around the city of Jericho, come on, that's irrational. It's irrational. Shouting at a wall, that's irrational. But to heaven, it was totally rational. And when they did what God said, the walls came down. And if you got some walls that need to come down, shout. Shout. Okay? Now, this is not a formula. This is not magic. But I want, to, I want you to get this. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of God whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist. They don't exist. He calls things that aren't there as though they were there. I'm doing this. There's some things that aren't in here that I want in here, and I'm calling for them. I'm declaring them in my life. When I'm battling the devil, whatever way he's pulling me, I speak the exact opposite. 
I declare the exact opposite. I pray the exact opposite. All right? The exact opposite of how I feel, I say. Because there's life in my tongue, and when I speak, it creates. He who prays in a tongue builds himself up. When you pray in tongues, the words that come out of your mouth come right back at you. Your words are a boomerang. Your words are a boomerang. You throw out bad words, bam. You throw out life words, hit me, God. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> okay? If you throw life words, the Bible says if you speak in tongues, life words, you'll build yourself up. But you can speak things which do not exist as though they did. Now, Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. God said, let there be. We are not God. We don't create worlds. But you know you create worlds. You create the world around. You can create an angry household. You can create a fearful household. You can create a, a tense household. Or you can create a household of love and respect and, and gladness. You create your world with the words that you speak. So, if... Oh, wait. Here's the NIV version. God, who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So, let me tell you this. If joy doesn't exist in your life, shout for joy. Sing for joy. The opposite of what you're feeling. For there's life in those words. There's life in our words of praise. The more, the more down you are, the more life you should speak. I just spit on her. There's life in the spit. The more attacked you feel, listen, the more attacked you feel, the more you should shout the name of Jesus and rehearse his victory at the cross and at the tomb. The more that lust is after you, the more you declare yourself free from that lust and call yourself a pure, holy... You war with this. It's not magic. It's not a formula. You war. The sword is the sword of the Spirit, and it comes out of your mouth. And if you will speak the word of the Lord out of your mouth, it will create what you're speaking. Oh, it will create what you're speaking. That's Now listen, don't do stupid, silly stuff, okay? Sometimes people will just do the dumbest stuff with this, and they turn it into a formula, and they start confessing fancy cars and fancy houses. We're not interested in that. We're interested in the kingdom of God advancing. We're we're interested in the kingdom of God taking every territory around us. That's what we want, okay? So don't get silly with this. The more sick you are, the more you declare his healing stripes over your body. Folks, you battle with this. You don't name it and claim it. You battle with this. Beside Jesus, in Jesus, you speak. Because faith comes by hearing. And God rewards those that diligently seek him. All right, so you war with the sword of the Spirit. It is a battle that we are in. So, if you're annoyed with your spouse, 
Move in the opposite spirit. Move in the opposite. Speak the opposite of what you're feeling. Can you do it? You better believe it. It will take a miracle, but he's a miracle-working God. All right? The more anger you feel, the more you choose words of peace and trust and praise to the God that invades anger-producing situations, the more doubt you feel, the more you speak faith. If you feel discouraged, you've got to look to be encouraged. God spoke to Joshua three times. He said, be strong and of good courage. He spoke those words to Joshua, and Joshua received the word that he spoke because he was strong and of good courage. He went in and took the land. He went in and followed the Lord. So he received what God spoke to him. Be strong and of good courage. If you are in lack, speak the opposite. Speak the opposite. Call for the kingdom until it comes. Whatever's going on, choose to say the opposite. Not dumb stuff, not carnal stuff, all right? Now, if God is just moving, you don't need to speak the opposite. Just jump in and say hallelujah. Okay, just jump in. The devil goes about like a roaring lion. Our weapon against this roaring lion is this. It is written. It is written. That is your weapon calling into being things that aren't. They don't exist right now. Right now, they're not anywhere. You cannot see any way for it to come. Speak of those, declare those, prophesy those as if they're already here. I told you about this woman at a conference, these two women, I was sitting at a conference waiting for it to start, just started talking to them. And this one woman told me about her friend that was sitting there and said, my friend, her husband was not saved, he was abusive, the marriage was being destroyed. But this woman, for about three years, all she would say about her husband was that he was saved, he was going to church, he was worshiping and serving God. He was doing none of those things. But she would tell her friends and she would tell God and she would speak what she wanted to see happen to her husband. When I met her, her husband had been saved for three years in church, worshiping God and serving God with her. She called something that did not exist. It's your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't exist right now. The kingdom is not in this situation. So you begin to call the kingdom into the situation that's in front of you. Chris Valentin tells some amazing stories about this. One time he was at a church. There was somebody sitting in the back row. And, and, and he called this person out and said, uh, you are a man of God. And God's given you a really good job. And, and you have a very effective and powerful ministry. Do you know what the guy really was? He was a heroin addict that had never held down a job in his life. A year later, when Chris came back to this church, this man was saved, had a full-time job for the first time in his life, and he was serving God. He called into being what was the will of God. I shared with you about this woman, and as she would go into this restaurant, and the owner was, he was a gay man, and he didn't really like her coming in because she was sort of out there Christian. And uh, one day, directed by the Lord, she spoke to this man, and she said, you're not gay, and God is in your life. And the, he got so mad at her. And, and she came back two weeks later. She comes, he comes running up to her and says, 
Jesus came into my life. I gave my heart to Jesus and he set me free. She called into being what she had been praying in private to happen. Don't just do this to anybody. I'm going to teach about that next week, okay? There's a time and a place. There's a Spirit-inspired time when the Holy Spirit gives you permission to call something into being, all right? But in private, you war. You got some kids that are away from God? Listen, when my kids were young, I would go into their room at night when they were sleeping, and I would speak things over their lives. I would declare things over their lives and I would prophesy great things over their lives that they would walk with God. And I would go and I would call things into being. Parents, when your kids are asleep, go into the room. Pour oil on them. Whatever you have to do. And prophesy and declare things over your kids' lives that you know is the will of God. Battle. This is the sword of the Spirit and it comes out of your mouth. That's the sword. It's... This is not the sword. This is the sword. You speak. You speak. Does your marriage stink? Call something. Speak something. Declare something of the kingdom of God. Speak to the mountain of division and strife and jealousy and whatever else is there. Speak to it and declare that it's gone before it's gone. That's faith. Okay? It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. Imitate God. Paul said, imitate God. i got to tell you this again. This is not magic. This is not a formula. If you just try this and you're not connected and seeking Jesus with all your heart, this will not work. Okay? This is if the Spirit of God's inside of you, speak life. Okay, first, you've got to have life in. You've got to be walking with God. Okay, don't just say, oh, I learned a, a magic formula. No, this is not magic. This is your battle weapon that sometimes you'll have to fight with for a decade. And you'll feel zero faith. But you know what? Faith isn't a feeling. It's an action. So just go ahead. Keep on. Keep on. We live close to Jesus, and from the throne room, we speak the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. You ready for this one? It's a good one. No, not that one. This one. Oh, not that one. This one. Listen. When our words line up with his words, power is released for on earth as it is in heaven. When your words line up with... Listen, if you speak what you feel and what you think... You could go anywhere. But when you speak what he thinks and what he feels, then you're declaring on earth as it is in heaven. Then you're speaking and releasing the kingdom. The kingdom is released through words. The kingdom of God is released through your words. How did you get saved? Somebody shared words with you. They shared words with you. Okay. How did you experience healing? Most likely somebody prayed some words over you. So, you might say, well, I think, I don't care what you think. Stop. Stop. It's what he thinks, what he feels. Speak that before you feel it or even think it. Folks, it's a battle. This, this is not like an easy, oh, this is an easy formula. No, it's not. It's a battle. And you will feel stupid and you will feel dumb and you'll be declaring things that aren't remotely true. You don't think they could ever happen. But the word of God has said. So you say it 
is written. This is the will of God. We must start speaking God's word and God's heart and God's thoughts concerning our lives and those around us. Speak to the monster. Speak opposite to everything not in line with heavens. Speak the opposite. Just everywhere you go, life words. Words of life. Speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. You, can, you, can, you don't just have to hear a sermon once a week. You can preach to yourself any time you want. Do you guys ever do that? Preach, now preach a good message. Not one of those feel-good ones. You just say, preach a message to yourself. Because it releases life. Somebody emailed me this week and said that people have told them that they've noticed that they've changed the way they're speaking. Isn't that good news? And, and they said, you're being so much more encouraging. Yay. Yay. What if the church everywhere carried life words? You're the army of God. You have your armor on. You have a sword. The sword isn't in your hand. It's in your mouth. And what you speak is a boomerang. I can't stand that person. Watch it come right back on you. Watch it come right back on you. I can't stand our president. Watch it come right back on you. Okay? Doesn't mean we don't dislike certain things that maybe people do. But our words will come back on us. If you release grace, grace will come back at you. You release thanksgiving, it will come back your way. Okay? You must, whatever you give, and it will be given back. That sounds like a boomerang to me. Sounds like a boomerang. So church, let it fly. Come on, let it fly. Because not only will it hit the person in front of you, it'll come back and hit you. That's good news. That's just good news. You're the most anointed preacher in the whole United States. You walk in miracles, signs, and wonders every day of your life. He's back. <laughs> okay, I think I'm done. Oh, here you go. Well, we, I said that. Yes, I said that. Go get that was for the first service, so I wouldn't forget to go get to go get the girls. Because I forgot to get the boys one week at my house when we had them up for the weekend. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, touch us. Come and extract out. Come and touch our lips, God. 
Help us to be so careful with life and death. We need you, Jesus. We've had some bad, bad habits. That it's been hard for us to lay some of these habits down that we thought was just, well, I'm just expressing my feelings. Well, this is what I think. We've been so programmed to speak death words, we don't even recognize it. And we haven't learned to speak what we can't see. Lord, open our eyes to see the real world. So from that world, we would declare it into this realm. Thank you for it. Thank you for the many that have come and told me their, their, their lips have been touched. And Lord, I just pray that everyone else is going to jump into this thing. And Lord, that we'll see a transformation of the bride of Christ that goes forth declaring the manifold wisdom of God in the heavenlies and on earth. I don't even know what that means. It's a wild verse, but I'm grateful for it. And Lord, may we be a people that are declaring the greatness of our God. May we cherish grace so much that it just flows out of us, that our speech is always full of grace, seasoned with salt and pepper and garlic powder and oh, all that good stuff. Just our, our, We're tasty. There's just such a taste of heaven about us, such a smell of heaven about us, because everywhere we go, we're releasing the sounds of heaven. Oh my goodness. I feel the presence of God today. From the worship till now. If you need a miracle, stand up. If you need a miracle, stand up. We're going to call into being what's not as though it were. Okay, so these that are standing, the rest of you, stand beside them now and put your hand on them. And we're going to release life inside of them. I want to wait till everyone gets somebody on them. Is everybody standing? Have somebody praying for them. Jesus, we declare that the king is king over their disease, over their lack, over their inner pain. Jesus is king. Jesus is king and he has crushed Satan underneath your feet. The God of peace has crushed Satan underneath your feet. And we declare healing, miracles, finances, relationships restored, prodigals coming home, marriages healed, new body parts that are needed inside of people right now, disease that's in there. We, we speak that your body is disease-free in the name of Jesus. Heaven, heaven on earth, 
On earth, what's in heaven, we call for heaven right now to come down into your body, into your relationships, into your marriage, into your finances, into, into uh, uh, your neighborhood, into your home, into any addiction that you have that just has a hold on you. We command that you are free from addiction. Every addiction fall off of the people of God right now and anyone just saying, touch me, God. We pronounce freedom in the name of Jesus Christ and healing in the name of Jesus Christ into your body, into your life, into your soul, into your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, be free, be healed, be whole. Uh, Provision, come in Jesus' name. We call for it now. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. We will battle with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Thank you for it. We'll battle for ourselves, but we're going to battle for our families. We're going to battle for our loved ones. We'll battle for friends at work, at school, uh, with the sword of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious. If we could have some men and buff women, men and buff women, we're going to take the tables and chairs down for the kids tomorrow night.